That's it. Lift your hands to heaven and magnify the name of Jesus Christ tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. The Holy Ghost is in this sanctuary right now. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody lift up your voice and speak that name of Jesus out. Fill this room with your praise, with your worship. My, my, my. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many feel the presence of God in this place right now? Amen. How many feel the presence of God in this place right now? I want Jesus to have his way. Hallelujah. Move over my spirit. Amen. Have your way, great God. Have your way, great God. Amen. 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 All right. All right. We want you to remain standing with us. We're going to bring to the pulpit Brother Ari Prado uh, from California. He uh, preached for us Friday night at our rally and this morning in Fort Myers, and he's here in Belle Glade to preach the word of God. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise, Brother Prado. Come preach. Amen. Let's give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Something uh, very special has, has happened in just the last few moments. And uh, I felt the presence of God just come in this place. And uh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. And uh, I, I don't even, I, I, you know, I don't want to get ahead of God. And um, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we pray? Is that okay? The mercy of God has just walked into this place. Oh, Jesus. Oh, let's just be sensitive. Come on. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hayara bosanda da la da da daria sondo do bosenda. Oh God, we praise you. Oh Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Iara bosanda da 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 bosanda. I need all. I need every saint that's full of the Holy Ghost to pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. So I believe God is stopping us right here for just one person. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Somebody shout, I love you, Lord. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. 
Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Let's just pray. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. God, we love you. I want, I want you to hear me for just one moment, and I'm going to preach. Living for God takes courage. Coming to God takes courage. It takes courage. Three times in the Bible, only three, you'll find a phrase or a sentence, and it simply says, and that self same day. It appears the first time when Abraham is going to circumcise himself and every man in his house. It says in that self same day, Abraham circumcised himself and the men of his house. Uh, actually, before Abraham is when Noah is about to get in the ark. And it says in that self same day, Noah and his family entered the ark. And then Abraham, on that selfsame day, circumcised all the men in his family. And the last time that sentence ever shows up in the Bible is in the book of Exodus when they're getting ready to leave Egypt. And it says, on that selfsame day, the children of Israel left Egypt. In Hebrew, that phrase, that selfsame day, is actually translated on the bone of that day. On the bone of that day. And what it means by on the bone of that day is it takes some backbone to do some things. It takes some backbone to circumcise yourself and everybody in your house. It takes some backbone to build an ark when everybody's laughing at you and pointing their finger at you. And it takes some backbone to walk out of the world. It takes some backbone. It takes some backbone and I believe that before this service is over I believe what just happened is God gave us some backbone because sometimes just coming up out from your chair and up to this altar takes guts oh yes oh yes because some people know that that little walk those little five feet means a lot's gonna change but don't you be afraid, because God will walk with you. God will walk with you. Somebody shout, yes, Jesus. Amen. Alguien grite, gloria a Dios. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give Jesus a great big hand clap of praise. I don't want to waste any time. God's got something to tell us. Let's go to the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Give honor to senior pastor 
and, uh, and his wife. And uh, give honor to all the saints of God in the house of the Lord tonight. I really feel the Holy Ghost. I said, I really feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. I don't, I don't know how other folks do it. I couldn't go to a church where there was no Holy Ghost. I know you can have, you can have pictures of doves everywhere. That doesn't mean the Holy Ghost is there. Hallelujah. I got to have some Holy Ghost. Amen. Well, that's about half of you. I got to have some Holy Ghost. It's what makes church, church. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody shout amen when they're in 1 Corinthians 15. Verse 39 says, all flesh is not the same flesh. There is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial. That means earthy or earthly. But the glory of the celestial or heavenly is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars. For one star differeth from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. Everyone say natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. Everyone say spiritual body. Listen here. There is a natural body. That's what we brought to church today. Yes, sir. I know some of you don't believe that. that you came in your flesh. But thank God for this second part. And there is a spiritual body. I'm going to preach to you for just a very short moment here tonight on this simple subject, the nature of things. Can we say that together? The nature of things. Amen. Let's put our Bibles down. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you. God, I'm asking you to anoint me. Help me to say a lot in just a little bit of time. Bless your people here. Strengthen your people. I pray for a pouring out of grace and mercy and love. Help me, O oh God, to speak as the oracles of the Lord and to minister grace unto the hearers. I give you glory, honor, and praise. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Let's give Jesus one more good hand clap of praise. Shake your neighbor's hand. Tell them, I am glad to see you in church tonight. And you may be seated. When you begin to read in the book of Genesis, it is just a few chapters uh, that are dedicated to the creation of planet Earth. Within these few chapters where God describes through the mouth of Moses, through the writings of Moses, how he created the earth, there is something very insightful. What you see in creation is a hierarchy. That there are some things in creation 
that have dominion over other things in creation. These things do not operate like we might think they would operate. Many times, the the Bible or the mind of God, because the Bible is the mind of God, the Bible approaches things from a totally different direction than we might. And I'll give you a very quick example. And maybe I shouldn't go too deep into this, but 2 plus 2 is 4 is the same as 2 plus 2. 4 equals 2 plus 2. 2 plus 2 equals 4. Either way you look at it, it's the same thing. Language doesn't let you do that. So, for example, cats are animals, but not all animals are cats. Come on, let that sink in. And so when the Bible begins to, to use wording, it puts it in very particular places to get across a very particular point. The Bible says that man was made in the image of God. It does not say that God is in the image of men. In fact, God goes out of his way to let you and I know that us and him are not the same. He says, my thoughts are not like your thoughts, and my ways are not like your ways. As far as the heaven is above the earth, so are my thoughts above your thoughts, and so are my ways above your ways. So many times when God gets to working on something, he does it in a way that it would never even dawn on us to do it that way. That's why the scripture talks about you must get the mind of Christ. And when God created the world, in human systems, seniority gets priority. In God's system, it's the reverse. God moves on the face of the waters, which makes the waters the first element of creation. But the waters are made to serve the purpose of the fish. First comes the water, then comes the fish. But everything in the water is to help serve the needs of the fish. Then God creates the sky. But the wind and everything in the sky is made to serve the birds. Then God creates the land, but the minerals and everything in the land is made to serve the needs of the plant life. This is exactly right. This is why the Bible says, and the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. And when you read all of Genesis, the whole book of Genesis is like this. Esau serves Jacob. Joseph's brothers serve Joseph. Old converts serve new converts. Well, all the older converts got mad. Hallelujah. And then God, on the last day, creates man. And everything is for man. 
God puts man right on top of everything. In fact, the Bible says that man is given dominion over the earth. And not just over the earth, but he's given dominion over the birds of the earth. He's given dominion over the beasts of the earth. In one portion of Genesis, the Lord speaks to mankind and he says, I will put the fear of you in the hearts of animals. And that's why these days you have men that are chickens that still scare chickens. You can have a man who weighs 120 pounds control a whale that weighs two tons. And he's doing it with a whistle. Because God gave man dominion over nature. God has given us dominion over nature. This is the order and the will of God. It is the will of God that man has dominion, power, and authority over nature. You will probably take it for granted because you live here in America. But this idea, this philosophy that man should have control over nature is not practiced everywhere. As soon as you step, you could go to some restaurants of other cultures and they worship nature. In other countries, people don't dominate nature. They try to live in harmony with nature. But you will notice that wherever people try to live in harmony with nature, there is more disease, there is more sickness, there is more poverty, there is more trouble, there is more problems. Because, brother, when God says things should be a certain way, that's the way they need to be. Brother, God, the book of Proverbs says that if a man removes a hedge or a fence, the Bible says that a serpent shall bite him. When God sets a line and says, this is the way things are, brother, don't move that line. When God says, this is my fence, this is my wall, you work according to that fence and you work according to that wall. I know Christian people that their whole life, they sit there wondering if that fence really needs to be there and they don't stop to think that if they move that fence, things are going to go bad. Things are going to... I'm telling you right now, if God says that man, ought to, that man ought to have dominion over nature, man ought to have dominion over nature. If God says that you... And I'm going to preach. I'm not preaching yet. Listen. When people... Something very interesting happens in the Bible. When people, you are not an animal. I heard one person say that's right. You are not an animal. You know, in school, not here, they teach the kids that they come from animals. You really want to know when somebody's trying to fool you? is when they show you how two things are alike. But really, you can't really, the real, the real smart people 
aren't trying to see how two things are alike. They're trying to see how two things are different. I know monkeys have mouths, but they don't do with their mouth what I do with my mouth. I know monkeys have thumbs and fingers, but they don't do with their hands what I do with my hands. Amen. They might have hands that look like my hands, but their hands don't play the piano. They might have a mouth that look like my mouth, but their mouths don't sing, talk. Oh, there's a lot of things that are the same, but what we need to talk about is where is the difference? And this is not part of my message. I know there's other churches that might sing the songs we sing, but I'm not interested if we're singing the same songs. I want to know what the difference is. I know there's a lot of churches that use the same Bible we use, but I want to know what the difference is. And there is a difference. Brother, you need to inspect the differences. I know that they might clap and dance and do mimes like we do, but there is a difference. There is the difference. You need to ask yourself, what is the difference? I'll tell you what the difference is. We believe that inside the Bible there is only one God, and he manifested himself in flesh, and his name is Jesus. I'll tell you what the difference is. The difference shows up in the way their women dress and the way our women dress. Brother, you better care about the differences. There's a lot of people that say, I don't think that makes a difference. Sometimes the differences make all the difference. And I don't know why I'm getting on this, but I'm going to get on this right now. If you want to know why we have a difference here, it's so that nobody's flesh gets out of control. We can't afford to have flesh out of control. We are trying to do spiritual things here. And whenever you try to do something spiritual, brother, you're going to have to start lifting up fences. You're going to have to start lifting up walls. You're going to have... You know... I, you know where I live, where I live, there's, uh, there's, this, there's this ghetto, there's this hood, and there's a park in the middle of the hood. I don't even know why they got it there. You know, kids don't even go there. But, you know, I never hear anybody complain about the fences and the borders and the gates that they put around kids' parks. You know why? Because what's inside the fence is so much more important than the, than, than the fence itself. The reason there's a fence is because there's precious little babies inside that fence. There's precious little children. You listen to me really good. The reason there's fences here is not to make your life hard. It's not for any of this junk. It's because you are precious in the eyes of God. You are God's jewels and gems and treasures. And brother, we have a mandate from God to protect God's babies. And if I'll tell you what else. There's snakes behind the fence. Uh, there's snakes. There's lions behind the fence. Uh, we got to have it. 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 Oh, I'm reminded of the, of the verse in Revelations chapter 22 when the apostle John saw the church coming out from God from heavenly Jerusalem and he said it had walls. Brother, if a church don't have walls, it ain't a church. A church has got walls and he said that in the middle of those walls there was a gate. 
every church. That's that's how churches are adorned. They're adorned with walls and with gates because what's inside the church is so precious. What's inside the church is so valuable. What's inside? We got to protect our praise. We got to protect our worship. We got to protect our children. We got to protect our purity. We got to protect our mind. We got to protect our eyes. We got to protect our bodies. We got to protect our souls. We got to protect the doctrine. We need to protect God's word. We need to protect our marriage. We need to protect our... When people, when people start bucking against the wall, the Bible begins to do something interesting. It quits calling them people, and it starts calling them animals. It says, what it, in essence, the Bible is saying, you are no longer operating over nature. You are now just a part of nature. Do I need to elaborate? Book of Proverbs says a man that returns to his folly is like a dog that returns to its vomit. Jesus in Matthew chapter 7, if I'm correct, he tells the disciples, he said, don't cast your pearls before swine and before dogs. And he's not talking about puppies and pigs. When you refuse to behave like a human being made in the image of God, Brother, you are made in God's image. Sister, you are made in God's image. Don't vandalize the image. Don't don't pierce the image. Don't draw on the image. You can't do anything to improve on. You cannot improve on perfection. You were made beautifully and wonderfully. You don't need to try to improve on what God has done. God... God spoke to the children of Israel via the mouth of the prophet Jeremiah. He said, I'll make you like the speckled bird. You know what a speckled bird is? It's a cute little bird that can't protect itself. Eagles eat it. Ravens eat it. Everybody eats it. When you refuse to stay within the parameters, the frames, and the lines of God, God said, I'll put you in a position where you can't even defend yourself anymore. And I've seen it over and over again. There are people, they they might be big and bad and tough on the outside, but they refuse to listen to God. And before you know it, they can't resist anything that comes their way. Every temptation, every sin, every evil, every bad thing that they, they, they can't even resist it. They're like a human being. Without, without an immune system they get sick all the time they're falling out all the time every bad they lose every job they try to get they're in and out of jail I don't know who I'm preaching to today and they, they all of a sudden you have men sleeping with men they can't defend themselves from anything brother stay in God's lines stay in God's walls you'll be alright you'll make it God will You may be seated. I'm going to move through this quickly. God wants man to be over nature because nature is dangerous. Nature 
is dangerous. Nature is dangerous. I'm not talking about the park. Now, we don't have this in California. You guys have this here. You get deep enough in the nature out here, there's crocodiles. Or alligators. Gators. There's gators. You guys have gators out here. Gators are not pets. Mountain lions are not pets. Nature is dangerous. Nature has to be controlled. Nature, nature has to be modified. You don't just let nature do whatever it wants to do. A lot of people did not like God's people because God, even from the book of Genesis and onward, is always tampering with nature. He's not destroying it or throwing it away, but he's dealing with it. He even told his own people to be circumcised. Because the way they were was not okay. There had to be an improvement made on nature. There had to be lines and boundaries. and It had to be, it had to be controlled and dominated. Because nature, when left to itself, will wipe humans out. All right. The most dangerous part of nature, believe it or not, is not gators and cougars. The most dangerous part about nature is not snakes and deserts and Amazons. The most dangerous thing in nature is human nature. There's nothing more deadly. There's nothing worse than human nature. Human nature will destroy you faster. I know a lot of people, they see devils everywhere. They're afraid of the devil. Brother, I am not afraid of the devil. God said, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. I'm not sweating the devil tonight, but I do sweat the chubby guy in the mirror. Because you can take you to hell a whole lot faster than a devil can take you to hell. Brother, if you want to be free from the power of the devil, that's easy. That's easy. That, there's no problem with that. The Bible talks about one man that was full of a legion of devils. That's at least a thousand devils. But when he saw Jesus, he stopped and he said, I will worship him. And he fell before the feet of Jesus. And Jesus loosed him of those devils. The devil is not your problem here tonight. You are your problem here tonight. Your human nature, whether it's 10 or it's 80, your human nature can send you into a devil's hell a whole lot faster than a devil. Oh, Jesus. I know people. I know people, they think their spouse is their problem. I know people go to sleep every night rebuking their wife. people are convinced their spouse is full of the devil they think it's their wife that's holding them back they think it's their husband that's holding them back they think it's their kids that's holding them back listen your wife your husband your kids that is not what is holding you back. In many cases, it's your flesh that is holding you back. It is your human nature that is holding you back. We've got to get our human nature under control. I know people that think the government's the problem. They think the government just has their hand in everything. But, 
But, uh, but I, I, I'm not sweating my wife. I'm not sweating the devil. And I'm not sweating the government. I'm sweating the man in the mirror. Amen. I'm more worried about this human nature. Amen. Than I am about anything else. Because I know that I am mighty dangerous. I know that I can get out of control. Brother, one human nature out of control causes more problems than a tornado. One human nature somebody amen I've seen human nature ruin generations there's some of you you would the reason you came to church is because your life was messed up because of something your grandpa did years ago because of something your parents did years ago you just let one person's human nature get out of control and it can ruin people for years it can ruin people for years we got to get human nature under control we need to get our human Now, I don't want to leave you without hope. Because you can go home feeling really bad when you think about yourself. <laughs> I do. But when you read your Bible, and you begin to take special notice of the passages in the Bible, you will begin to notice that God gives us hope. Through a series of very well-known biblical illustrations, and I'll run through a couple of them very quickly. The Bible begins to show us Amen. That man can have power over nature. We could talk about Noah. Here is a man that the Bible specifically says that he, amen, that, 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 that he received grace, amen, on the behalf of God. That he found grace in the eyes of God. And the evidence of that grace, everyone say the evidence. The evidence of that grace is that all of a sudden Noah had power over animals. All of a sudden Noah could tell bears, lions, cats, snails, bats, you name it. He could tell them all, get in the ark. And they got in the ark. Brother, when you find the grace of God, you will have power power over your nature don't tell me you found the power of God and you're still sucking on cigarettes don't tell me you found the grace of God and you're still selling crack don't tell me you got the grace of God and you're still sleeping around when you find the grace of God brother you'll have power over that wild batty doggy self of yours when you get the grace of God not only will God give you power over nature he'll give you a plan over nature as well Noah didn't just get power he got a plan God said you're going to build a boat when you find grace God will give you power and a plan he'll tell you now I want you to live like this and do this and do this and do that and if you do this and you do that I'll save your uncle Richard I'll save your boy Johnny I'll save your mama but you gotta follow God's plan and you gotta live under God's power come on am I preaching to somebody that wants power and a plan come on do you want power and a plan Jesus we could talk about old Moses old Moses 80 years old running from God you know, the Bible says that the bush begins to burn. I believe, this is my personal opinion, I believe that God had been trying to talk to Moses for a long time. Because the scripture says that Moses said these exact words, This day will I turn around and behold this marvel or this miracle. I believe Moses walking, everything was catching on fire. He just didn't want to look. <laughs> oh, yes. 
And we don't have time to preach about that. But there's a lot of people, and I appreciate what Senior Pastor said the other night. There's a lot of people, you know the call of God is on your life, but you don't even want to turn and look. You, you are not interested. You want to keep working overtime. You want to keep investing in this and in that and the other. And all around you, the call of God is nipping at your heels. Uh, all around you, God is saying, look this way, look this way, look this way. You don't want to look that way. You know what it might cost you. Brother, if you gain the whole world and lose your soul, you've gained nothing. Uh, amen. If God is calling you, you just tell God, God, you know this job I got, you know the bills I got, you know the family I got, I'll answer your call but give me some grace, uh, give me some power, give me some plan uh, and God, I'll serve you, I'll walk with you, I'll There's some ladies here. Uh, you know God's been tugging on your heart uh, to ask if you can sing too. Uh, but you know what it's going to cost you. Uh, you don't want to do it. Uh, you need to give in, sister. You need to give in. Uh, if they say you got to look this way to get on the platform, then you better look that way to get on the platform. You, you ought to do whatever you got to do uh, to let God use you. Uh, you ought to do whatever. Don't, don't shy away from God. Uh, don't run away from God. Uh, God loves you. He wants to do something significant with your Oh, Jesus, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I'm preaching to somebody tonight. Hallelujah. I know you didn't come to get your mail read, but I'm going to read your mail. Hallelujah. Moses, Moses stands before the burning bush, and, and, and God says, Moses, you're going back to Egypt. Moses says, no, I'm not. I got arthritis. He told God, I got a, I got a peach impediment." I didn't get that. God said, I don't care if your back hurt or your mouth hurt. You are going back. And here is the sign. I am going to give you power over nature. What do you got in your hand? Just an old natural stick. Throw that stick on the ground. And all of a sudden that stick turned to a snake. And I don't, I, I don't hunt many snakes, but I do know this much about snakes. You never grab a snake by the tail. And that's a whole nother message. You always grab a snake by the head. We'll preach that some other time. But he grabbed that snake by the tail. When he grabbed that snake by the tail, it turned back into a stick. And then God said, now you're going to go back into Egypt. And the Egyptians worship nature. And God said, you're going you're gonna to put 10 plagues over Egypt. And you will notice that every plague, amen, that Moses put over Egypt, it was a demonstration of God's power over nature. Amen. Moses walked through the Red Sea. Brother, that is unnatural. Amen. But when the grace of God is on your life and the call of God is on your life and you're willing you will get power over nature you will get power over your human nature you will if God could split the Red Sea brother he could split the sin out of your life if God could turn sticks to snakes he could turn your black heart white if God When you read about the life of Jesus, his whole life is a defiance of nature. And I know the kids are here, but the, it's time the kids know that it, you, babies are not born to virgins. <laughs> babies are not born to virgins. 
The very birth of Jesus was a defiance of nature. Amen. Jesus' first miracle, he turns water into wine. And, and when he's not turning water into wine, he's telling blind eyes to open up. He's telling cripples to walk. And when he's not doing that, without a bakery or a fish market anywhere in sight, he takes five loaves and five fishes and begins to snap them in half. And he begins to feed 5,000, not including the women and the kids. And when he's not doing that, my God, he's walking on water. He's walking on nature. Brother, the message of the Bible is clear. When you find the grace of God and you find the power of God and you get salvation in your life, you will also get power over nature. You will get power over your human nature. You will get power over your flesh. I hope I'm preaching to a church that still believes that God can deliver you from whatever binds you. That God can deliver you from your own self. That God can deliver you from your... Why do I need power over my flesh? You know why you need power over your flesh? Because your flesh is faithful. That's right. It's faithful to miss church. Oh, yeah. You, you ain't never heard that, huh? I know most pastors, they think, you know, man, this guy's so unfaithful. And I think to myself, he is not faithful. He misses every week. Oh, I know, I, I know you're here every service, right? Some folks' flesh is extra faithful. Oh, yes, I know. I know how you are. You avoid phone calls. Talking about how it's sick. <coughs> My back hurt. Well, it's, it's, the air is leaving the room right now. It, it's tight, but it's right. Brother, you need this. You need this. You need the people of God. You need the house of God. David said, one thing have I desired, and that will I seek after, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You need to get, we serve one God, but a lot of us don't have one desire. We need to, we need to get one desire. We need, you know, me and Pastor Ersh have been talking about octopuses. Do you know that octopuses have two hearts? Amen. God don't want no octopus saints. He don't want you having two hearts. He wants you to have one heart, and it needs to be focused on the things of I want you to sit down for one second. I'm going to talk to you out of God's word. Can I talk to you? I don't have time to go into detail, but this is, this is not part of my message, but somebody needs to hear this right here. Joseph, God gave him the gift of dreams and the interpretation of those dreams. That is a whole different gift. And one day, as you'll remember, Joseph has been going through the trial of his life he is in and out of jail. But on the second time around, he's walking through the jail cell. God has blessed him and given him favor. See, I'm just one of those people that believe you can be in a bad situation and make the best of it. And Joseph was one of those guys that if he was in jail, he was the best prisoner. Well, hallelujah. Listen. Anyways. He runs into two guys. A butcher and a baker. 
I'm sorry, cupbearer and a baker. I'm thinking of a nursery rhyme. He runs, he runs into a cupbearer. The cupbearer is the guy who serves the king water and wine. And then there's a baker, and they're troubled. And you know the story. I'm not going to go into all the details. If you don't know the story, read your Bible. And uh, he, these guys are troubled. They're perplexed. They're disturbed. And Joseph picks up on it. And he says, gentlemen, what's wrong? They say, we are the Pharaoh's servants. They say, and he has thrown us out. He is displeased with us. And on top of that, we had a dream last night. And Joseph says, tell me the dream, boys. And the cupbearer says, I had a dream and I was in a vineyard and I saw three large grapes and I, I took the grapes and I began to press them and I began to pour the, 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 the wine from the grape into a cup and I handed it to the king. And, uh, and Joseph told the, the cupbearer, he said, here's the interpretation of the dream. The grapes, that's three days. And in three days, God will get you out of this jail and you'll be serving the king his water and wine again. And the baker, seeing that the interpretation was good, said, I had a dream too. He said, I was walking down the road and I had three baskets on my head full of bread and meat. And he said, the birds came down from the air and began to eat the meat and the bread out of the baskets. Uh, Joseph said, the interpretation of your dream is this. Uh, the three baskets are three days. Uh, Amen. The meat inside the baskets is your flesh. And those birds that ate your flesh, that's death. In three days, you'll hang by the neck. But the question is, how did Joseph know who was going to die and who was going to live? The answer is easy. Joseph detected the difference in their dreams. In one man's dream, there was a king. In the other man's dream, there was no king. Brother, whatever your dreams and ambitions in life are, they ought to they include the king in the very middle of it. If the king's not in your dream, you're going to die. If the king's not in your dreams, if the king's not in you buying that house, you're going to lose that house. Uh, if the king's not in you buying that car, you're going to lose that car. Uh, if the king's not in you marrying that man or that woman, uh, that marriage is going to fail. Uh, if the king is not in you going to that school or that college, you're going to fail. Uh, if the king is not in the middle of it, brother you need to discard it you need to scratch your dream you need to cross it out you I want Jesus to be in the center of my dreams I want Jesus to be in the middle of everything I do I want Jesus to be in the middle of my week I want Jesus on Wednesday and I want him on Sunday I want Jesus to be in the middle of it all if I'm gonna buy a house I want God to be in on it if I'm gonna buy a car I want to know he's gonna help me pay for the car amen if I'm gonna marry somebody I want to know that he's in on it because I don't got time to waste I've made too many mistakes stakes already. I don't want to hang by the leg. I want to live and I want to live victoriously. I want Something just happened here right now. We need to lift our hands and praise God.
The Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things, clothes, money, food, all these things will be added unto you. Amen. When you put God first, amen, He'll make sure you got everything you need. When you put God first, you won't go without meals. You won't go without clothes. Amen. It may get tight. But God will provide for you. Uh, it may come down. Uh, you may get your blessing at 11.59 with 59 seconds to go. But brother, we serve an on-time God. Uh, he may not come when you want him to. Uh, maybe you think you needed it yesterday. Uh, but I promise you as a man of God, uh, if you serve God and you put God first, uh, he'll never let you be last. Uh, he said, I'll make you the head and not the tail. Uh, I will bless you. Uh, amen. And I will bless those that bless you. Uh, the Bible says that we are blessed in Abraham. You got that same blessing on your life. God will bless you. God don't care where you come from. God don't care what your last name is. God... The flesh, the flesh is faithful. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to wrap it up with this. Listen, listen, I'll be done in a minute. There's a difference between being poor and low class. Oh, yes. There's a difference between being poor and being ghetto. Growing up, well, you know, when you're poor, you don't know you're poor. You know. You know, growing up, we was poor. And you don't really notice it, you know, until you notice that everybody else's sandwich is bigger than yours. <laughs> you go to school and you realize that your sandwich is a lot thinner than everybody else's. I know what it is to have one pair of pants and you got to wash them every day. I know what it is to see my mom work hard. But my mom refused to be low class. If she had one pair of shoes, she was going to wash those pair of shoes every day. It might have been a little house, but it was going to be a clean house. Well, I'm just going to wait till you at least look at me. Hallelujah. Hey, you might be driving a bucket, but if God gave you that bucket, you need it. You need to rejoice in that bucket. You need to wash that bucket. It might be a hoopty. It may not even have a stereo. You ought to sing while you're driving down the road. It may not have air conditioning, but go ahead and roll down the window and give God praise. And before you know it, hey, listen.
listen, the blessings of God don't always come the way we want them to. Joseph was betrayed by his brothers, thrown in a ditch, and you know how the miracle came? The Bible says it was a wagon of Midianites. Uh, That wagon of Midianites saved his life. It was a miracle. And sometimes your blessing is a wagon of Midianites. Uh, Sometimes your blessing is just one big old wagon. Uh, But you ought to praise God for that wagon. Uh, It may not be the color you want it to be. It may not be new. Uh, It might be... Some people don't like that. Gideon, Gideon was challenged to go to war. And he wanted victory. And he had 10,000 people. And God said, it's way too many. And God started, he said, cut back. He cut back. Because, you know, if you want victory, you got to cut. Sometimes getting victory means getting rid of some things. Well, we're going to just wait till that sinks in there. And uh, he cut back and God said, it's still not enough. Cut again. But this time, when God got closer to revealing which group was going to have victory and which group was not going to have victory, which group was going to participate and which one was not, he did the the, the low-class test, the animal test. He said, take everybody to the water. And one group of men begin to lape the water. That's, that's what dogs do. One group of men stuck their head in the water and begin to drink like animals. And God said, that's the folk that ain't going. And another group of men took their hand and began to cup the water. And God said, that's who's going to have victory Brother, no matter how low you go, no matter how bad things get, don't ever go low class. Don't ever go to animal level. You stay above things. You stay above things. If it's one, a one-bedroom apartment, brother, live it up. Live it up. Clean the windows. Clean the kitchen. Vacuum the floor. Live it up. Live it up. Live it up. Cup the water. Cup the water. Drink it like this. Don't ever... I, I'm I'm preaching to somebody. You might live in a neighborhood where everybody's crazy. Don't be crazy. You be a light. You be a witness. You be salt. Don't let your environment bring you down. Listen, everybody's walk with God. You're going to have to make a decision whether you're going to be a thermostat or a thermometer. The difference between a thermostat and a thermometer is one is affected by the temperature and the other one affects the temperature. You need to get to the point where you walk back in your projects and you say, by God, I'm filled with the Spirit of God and I'm about to change the climate. I'm about to change. I don't care if everybody is crazy. God has put me in my right mind, and I'm going to win some souls. Amen. If you're going to come over to my house asking for money, you need to sit down and get a Bible study. If you're going to come over to my house asking to borrow my car, you're going to have to come to church on Sunday. But I'm not going to let you affect me. I'm going to affect you. preaching right now 
In case you don't know it, I am preaching. Do not wait for me to start preaching. I started about 30 minutes ago. Uh, amen. Uh, I know I know. a lot of you might go to the Christian school here, but not everybody does. Uh, amen. When you go to school, young person, uh, amen, don't, don't, don't fake it just to fit in. Uh, if you don't fit in, don't fit in. So what? Uh, you live for God. Uh, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Uh, amen. Uh, well, I listen to Little Wayne. So? Uh, amen. Well, I listen to Dr. Dre. So? Uh, Amen. Well, I listen. I listen to Beyonce. So, uh, Amen. I listen to the church choir. Uh, amen. I don't care what you say. Uh, you are a loser. Uh, you, I am not a loser. Uh, you might laugh at me, uh, but I'm going to heaven. Uh, you might make fun of my poof, uh, but me and my poof are going to heaven. Uh, you might make fun of my skirt, uh, but me and my skirt, uh, we're going to heaven. Let's magnify him. I feel the Holy Ghost. We need to magnify God. The Holy Ghost is sweeping in this place right now. You know, I'm going to preach. I, I just felt the preaching spirit get on me. I want you to be seated for just one second. One of the greatest fears that human beings have ever had is the fear of falling. When we build stairs, we put handrails next to it to keep us from falling. Stairs are not there to keep you from falling. Handrails are there to keep you from falling. Do you know that, that falling, there's probably people here, you have a grandma, a grandpa, that probably fell and then died just a couple weeks later. Falling is the number one cause of death of people over 50. Thousands of people fall every year. Falling is dangerous. Yes, falling is very dangerous. We are so afraid of falling that that just that word gets into so much of our language that we don't even know it. We even got a season called fall. For thousands of years, listen, for thousands of years, humans could not go very high. They enjoyed a nice life on earth. But one day, it got in some crazy person's mind to go higher. And the higher we went, we had to figure out how to keep ourselves from falling. If we, made, if we made planes, we have to figure out how to stay in the planes. People fall out of anything and everything. People fall out of bed. People fall out of boats. People fall off of stairs. People fall off of buildings. People fall off of trees. People fall off of poles. People fall off of horses, bikes, scooters, buggies, cars. I mean, we, if we could get in it, we could fall out of it. And we, nor and we do. But humans, humans, flesh, nature, has a perverted way of getting delightment and fun out of dangerous things. And at some point in human history, we took falling and made it fun. We'll go to places to see other people look like they're going to fall. 
You go to the circus, they got trapeze artists, all kinds of people. We like to see them look like they're going to fall. Okay, some of y'all don't believe me yet. You, people will spend hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, going to amusement rides, amusement parks, to get inside of rides that make you feel like you're falling. That's right. Jesus stood face to face with the devil. And the devil knew. The devil knew that humans either see falling as fatal or as fun. And he told Jesus, he put him up on the top of a pinnacle and he said, jump. Let's see if you think falling's funny or fatal. And Jesus said, get thee behind me. Why are you telling me this, Brother Prado? You need to get to the point where you stop thinking falling is funny. Because there's a lot of Christians live for God one day and they're falling out the next. Live for God one week and they're falling out the next. And they think it's funny. It's not funny falling out with God. It's not a joke. Uh, amen. It has serious consequences. Uh, every time you think falling is fun uh, and you start, listen, sin will always take you for a longer ride than you want to go on. Uh, it might, it, the, 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 let, me, let, let me tell you, uh, the Bible says that the pleasures of sin, sin does have its pleasures. Uh, there is a little bit of enjoyment of it. But the Bible says it's for a season. Brother, that season will come and go before you know it. And all of a sudden what used to be fun is now not so funny. What used, you got to get that, that taste out of your mouth where you think that, that just be, that, that living for God one day is okay and living for God is uh, not living for God the next day is okay too. You got to get that out of your system and say I'm going to serve God all the days of my life so help me Jesus. Every day, every day, every Every day, every day, every day, every day. I don't think falling's funny. I don't think it's... Can we just pray for one moment? Let's just pray. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Your flesh. Your flesh is faithful to never forget. I know this might sound like I'm contradicting myself. I am not. Everybody blows it. Everybody blows it. Everybody blows it. Everybody's got a bad day. Everybody's breath stinks. Everybody, not everybody is living in victory 24-7. If you were, you'd already be in heaven. But the real problem with messing up is that your mind won't let you get over it. Oh, I see it all the time. People will come to church. 
come like this, hands up. The minute those hands go up, your brain, the devil starts telling you, look at you, hypocrite. Remember what you did last week? And all of a sudden their hands go from here to here. Oh, I know you don't think anybody sees it. We can see it from the pulpit. I know Christians, good Christians, been living for God 10 years, 20 years, and the devil's still ragging on them over something they did 30 years ago. And they could be having, they could be in the middle of an on-fire apostolic Holy Ghost full service, and all of a sudden, I see it all the time. Hands go from here to here. And before the service is over, they're down here. When it's under the blood... It's under the blood. It's under the blood. You want to know how you get things under the blood? The Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us uh, of all unrighteousness. Uh, Brother, when you confess that thing, when you confess that thing, when you talk it out, when you when the Bible, listen, the Bible says that word confess in Greek means to agree. When you agree with God that what you did was outright wrong, sins are not a mistake not tell God, God, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Brother, you messed up. And you knew what you was doing. But that's that's part of being human. But you could tell God, I knew what I was doing. I planned it. We got some planners here. Yes, we we got people with agendas. But you could tell God, I planned it. I put it on the calendar. I was a devil. I ag- and I agree with you that I'm totally wrong. I was in the wrong before I did it. I was in the wrong when I did it. And, it. and if I don't get this out of my heart, I'll be in the wrong today and tomorrow. And I am agreeing with you that this is not acceptable. And God, I need you to forgive me. I agree with you. I'm not trying to work against you. I want. I don't want to be your enemy. I want to be your child. I want to be your son. I want to be your daughter. God, I do not agree with this. It was wrong 110% and God will wash you. He'll wash you with the blood. He'll wash you with his word. He'll wash you in worship. He'll wash you in praise. He'll wash you in prayer. He'll he'll bathe over your soul. But you gotta agree with God about it. Brother, here's the problem. We got things falling out of the pulpit. There's the problem. I'm slamming the pulpit. You hear me? The devil, the devil only tells you half the truth. He'll tell you, remember what you did? But he doesn't tell you, remember God forgave you? He don't tell you that part. He don't tell you that part. Brother, you, you, I, and I'm, I'm preaching right now. Somebody, because I've dealt with people. I've worked with people. People are strange. There are people, they'll think, man, senior pastor need to baptize me again. I don't think he did it right because I'm still tripping. He need to hold me under the water for a couple extra minutes. 
I wonder, I'm preaching, I am reading somebody's mail so bad it's not even funny. There'll be somebody just messing up, saying, you know, I, I don't think he really said in Jesus' name. He probably need to baptize me two times. My husband could use another baptism. You ever thrown a rock in the water? It ripples. It ripples. It, 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 it has a little ripple that gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Brother, when you go in that water, that little ripple, that forgiveness, that mercy, though it's not just for the sins you've committed, it's for the sins you're going to commit too. That thing reaches and it 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 reaches. We do not need to baptize you again. We do not need to hold you down under the water for 10 minutes. You, you've got to exercise. This is why the Bible says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. If you do not believe in the power, you're going to be damned no matter how many times you get baptized. When you get baptized, you need to believe it's the blood. It's the blood. It's good right now. It was good for the 20 years ago. And it's going to be good 20 years from now. This thing's got power, brother. This is this thing lasts longer than nuclear energy, atomic energy. If you die at a hundred, it'll be good when you're a hundred. If you die at five hundred, it'll be good at five hundred. If you die tomorrow, it'll be good tomorrow. This thing does not lose its power. This thing does not lose its glory. This thing does not lose its mercy. This thing does not. We need to pray. Just can we just lift our hands? The Holy Ghost is here right now. I'm I'm preaching to somebody so strongly right now. He show yo do 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 do. If you have not been baptized, amen, you need to get baptized right away, right away, right away, right away, right away, right away, right away. Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We have to pray. God is moving on people right now. I know, I know y'all can't see it. God is moving on people right now. We, the only reason I'm asking us to pray right now, to be honest, is we need to make some time for some people. There are some people here, they're, they're on the brink of breaking. They are on the brink of letting God into their heart right now. We just, and we as the church, we need to create an atmosphere that is conducive to that. We need to give people just a couple of seconds here. He show your robo sanda da 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 robo sanda. He shot da 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 bo 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 so to do lo robo sanda da 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 ba 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 siada. He o do do lo robo sanda da la raba sanda da la dia bo sanda. Oh hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. It is impossible. Man was made in whose image? 
Whose? Listen. It is impossible to have a meaningful and loving relationship without the power of forgetting in play. Listen. You see thousands of people, if not hundreds of people every day, but you don't remember all their faces. You forget them rather quickly. And it's a good thing because if you didn't, everybody would look the same. Well, it's not that everybody would look the same, but nobody would be special. Right? If you remembered every woman's face you ever saw, your wife's face wouldn't do much for you. You may have not noticed, but you don't remember every day of your life. Because if you did, no day of your life would be special. And the only bad thing that God is willing to tolerate is a bad memory. The only bad thing God's willing to have is a bad memory. Because the only way he's going to have a meaningful, loving relationship with you is if he's willing to forget about some things. And in case you don't know, God's willing to forget about a lot of things. God's willing to forget about years. I'll go one step further. He's on the edge of his throne ready to forget. He's just waiting for you to open up your mouth. It shocks me. I'll tell people, this is real talk. I'll tell people, come to the altar and talk to God. And I look at them. And you know what? They're doing this. You are going nowhere with that. I don't care how shy you are. I don't care your deal. I don't care how pretty, how ugly, how whatever, how skinny, how fat. I don't, I don't care. You need to talk to God. I can't even hardly pray for you if you're going to sit there with your mouth closed. When you come to the altar and you pray, brother, start talking. You know what I love about Moses? He never stopped talking to God. He never, whenever he had problems, he'd get on his face and talk to God. Whenever he had trouble, he'd get on his face and talk to God. And thousands of years after Moses died, we see him again with Jesus. And you know what he's doing? He's talking to Jesus. He just never stopped talking to God. Brother, you want the victory? You want to get over things? You really want victory? Don't stop talking to God. Don't stop talking. Be a chatterbox. Write God letters, sing God songs, text him, I don't know, do whatever, but talk to God. Talk to God. When you come to the altar, don't upset the preacher. Talk to God. Don't upset God. 
talk to God. You got to open up that mouth. You got to open it up. You got you to gotta let the words flow. And if you don't know what to say, tell God, I don't know how to talk about this. Help me to talk about this. I don't know what to say. Help me to say it. And you'll see the words will start bouncing out of your mouth. You'll start saying things you never got. And before you know it, you won't even know what you're saying. That's the Holy Ghost. You'll get the Holy Ghost. You'll start speaking in a whole nother tongue. God will take over your mouth. God will take over your tongue. I'm really excited right now. I'm very excited about what God's about to do right now. I'm really excited. You know what I feel in this place? I feel like tonight, 20 years of sin is going to go underwater. I feel like tonight, somebody who was sinning 20 minutes before church, it's about to go under the blood tonight. I don't know about you, but I get happy when I feel like sins are about to be forgiven. I get happy. God does. Somebody shout yes. yes. Somebody shout wonderful Jesus. You know a person can be the worst person in the world. But if they die, they can't be tried in a court. They could be a stealer, robber, murderer. But if they die, they can't go to jail. Dead people don't go to jail. Brother, the judge, when you get baptized, when you, as far, that criminal you, that animal you is dead. Will not be tried and judged at God's mighty old throne. You are coming in. You are going to rejoice. You are going to walk with people you didn't deserve to walk with. You are going to be rejoicing with the brothers and the sisters. You will be arm in arm with Abraham, singing Father Abraham. Hallelujah. You will, you will be in the kingdom. I'm telling you, this is a good life. This is a wonderful life. It is wonderful being a Christian. It is wonderful being a Christian. You tell me what. Where else, where else uh, can you invest 10 years of your life, 20 years of your life, 70 years of your life, and get eternity back? Uh, God is so unfair, and I think it's a good thing. Uh, God is so unfair uh, that he would give us a million years, eternity, a billion years, a quadrillion years, amen, for just 10 years, 70 years, 20 years. Uh, I'm telling you, we serve an unfair God, uh, but aren't you glad tonight that God... I'm done. I know I've been funny, made some of you laugh, made some of you mad. But something's about to happen in this place. Somebody's about to turn the chatterbox on and start talking to Jesus. I feel it. I feel like somebody, even as I'm talking right now, you feel something rumbling in your chest. You feel it just getting on you. You're ready to open up your mouth. You're ready for the altar call. You are going to attack this thing with teeth. You are going to go after it with all you got. And honey, I'm telling you, by the time you walk, 
the, the Bible says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman, it availeth much. I, you will walk, if you walk out of here a chatterbox for Jesus today, there is no problem. There is no circumstance. There is no situation that will get the victory over you. You may, you may wrestle with it, but I promise you, you keep talking to God about it. It will eventually get this little and the victory will get this big. Before you know it, it'll be a memory. It, it won't, it will be a faded old. Musicians, let's give the people some hope. I preached. Some of you feel to come to the altar. Just come. Just come. I'm, I, I'm not going to even, I'm not going to tell you a sad story. I'm done. Some of you, there's visitors here. You feel like, you know what? I need to go do what that man said. You need to come. Oh, we're just going to pray. Good. We're going to pray before we're dismissed. We're going to pray for somebody to get the Holy Ghost before we're dismissed. We're going to pray somebody through. Hallelujah. There's somebody here. You're going to tell senior pastor, I've got to get under the water. I've got to get under the water. I need this in my life. Oh, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Come on. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. You're up here. Throw those hands up. Throw those hands up. Open that mouth. Start talking. Start talking. Start talking. Some of you saints of God, you need to come on up here. You need to lay your hands on somebody and help them to start talking. Some of you young people, you've been struggling and wrestling. It's time to start talking. 